my voice seems to be, I can talk, but eventually my voice will get worse and worse and worse, so I'm hoping that it doesn't over the course of the podcast. We'll explain it at the top. Yeah, hoarseness. Do you know what my favorite quote from Herman Melville is? Call me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I thought I would sail about a little and see the watery part of the world. It is a way I have of driving off the spleen and regulating the circulation. Whenever I find myself growing grim about the mouth, whenever it is damp, drizzly November in my soul, whenever I find myself involuntarily pausing before coffin warehouses and bringing up the rear of every funeral I meet, and especially whenever my hypos get such an upper hand of me that it requires a strong moral principle to prevent me from deliberately stepping into the street and methodically knocking people's hats off, then I account it high time to get to sea as soon as I can. This is my substitute for pistol and ball. With a your voice is limited, Kato and yet you're doing this so- bit. What's up? I said your voice is limited, and yet you're doing this bit. Yeah, my voice is limited, but I was committed to reading the entirety of Moby Dick until you stopped me. Force is not a remedy. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And I'm sorry, dear listener, but the rest of this podcast is locked under like 500 different loot crates. Yeah, you have to pay $20 to open one of those loot crates. And in, and when you open it, you'll get a, another type of currency that you can amass and, and get enough of that currency... And then you can buy the orbs that you need to try to summon the rest of the episode. But sometimes, you see, when you open the loot crate, you might be saying, ah, it's a rip, I just get currency. You can get a series of items, Uh, most of them are flip-flops, and then when you purchase the orbs, you have a chance of unlocking additional currencies you can use to backpipe purchasing more loot crates. That's true. Uh, Also, you can unlock, and with orbs... You have the option of purchasing little knickknacks that you can attach to your flip-flops to make them look cooler. Yeah, if you use the orb to get a flip-flop knickknack, then you're playing the game. Yeah, and it only takes... See, you, you could give us 20 bucks per crate. The other way you could do it is you could listen to our older episodes, and about every 25th episode that you listen to... You get a free crate. But it is on a rest timer, so you can only listen... The multiplier you get from listening to those 25 episodes and then getting that loot crate only happens once, and then you need to rest for three days, or else you need to listen to 75 more episodes. Yeah, I mean, we can't just skip this out for free. This, this, no. Yeah, I mean, come on. People worked hard for this. People worked very hard. You know how many man hours goes into every time that we make a mistake, and they have to go back and like erase that mistake? People were paid a fraction of your average tech worker's salary to make this. Yeah, I mean, and, and they have to they have to drive under the the uh, the understanding that this is their passion, and so they don't really deserve more money because they get to have fun every time they come into work. Yeah, unless it's crunch time, in, in which case you still don't get paid as much as you're worth, uh, but you're expected to do at least three times the amount of normal work that you would do. 
So thank God for loot crates. Yeah, loot crates are awesome, and they make things possible, like games that you have to already buy full price for. Yeah, look, I mean, I remember when games cost $300. <laughs> and thankfully now, they only cost a meager $60 for a full experience, not c counting the season passes and DLC. Yeah, they cost $60 for a full experience, assuming you don't spend $240 on keys and crates and orbs and flip-flop knickknacks. Yeah, and it's not pay to win. I mean, it's just other people will have better flip-flops than you, and so they can go places where you can't yet. Listen, I don't like to think of it as pay to win. I like to think of it as pay to enjoy. Exactly. And, and you know, if you want to work hard at the at your leisurely activity to, to unlock all of the full content, then that is your prior, or prerogative. Priority. <laughs> yes, it is your prerogative. Your prerogative. That's, that's how we think here at ZC Games. The uh, new branch of Zero Credits. Yeah, we're... We're gonna we're gonna produce games until we get bought out by EA, and then they'll 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 cancel us like they they always do. Hooray! It's the dream. It's the dream. The dream is to make games on your own until a bigger company comes along, buys you out, and then discontinues your existence. It's true because nightmares are technically dreams. That's right. What do you know? That's that's a true statement. It is. And now, now's the time, John, where uh, we have to fill in the people who have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, so uh, video games exist? No, I meant specifically about the loot boxes and, and the what we're referencing here. Oh, uh, which video game in particular are you referencing? Or just the trend? Oh, do you not know, John? Oh, no. Have you not heard of EA's Battle... Battle? Have you not heard of EA's Star Wars Battlefront 2? I heard that someone posted about something on Reddit, and it's the most downvoted post in history. Well, you see, a Reddit user, the, uh, they voiced some concerns about the the scaling of, of EA's new content and this the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game. Uh, for, for people who don't know what this game is, you usually play as like a stormtrooper or a, a grunt, and you fight other stormtroopers or grunts. To try to control various points on a map, what have you, various, you know, online shootery type things. However, by amassing points in a match, you can basically summon a, a an iconic figure from the Star Wars lore, such as Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. Do you with me so far? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I was just thinking about Star Wars. <laughs> New to Star Wars Battlefront 2, however, is the fact that these characters are locked until you unlock them by paying various uh, a various amount of credits, depending on the tier of character. Uh, for oh, and you can easily attain these credits by playing the game, right? Yes, at a very, very reduced rate. Hmm. Uh, for instance, originally... Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker were 60,000 credits. You might get 245 credits for a match. I think somebody timed it out and it would take 40 hours to get enough credits to be able to purchase one of those characters. Jesus. Or you could pay money. And then just have it. <laughs> However, I, I see I, that, that is the thinking. You could just pay money, but IGN dropped $100 worth of loot crates and by the time they were done, they had less than half of the amount of credits they would need to unlock one of these characters. Wait, hold on. What's up? 
So there is no button that just says, give me Darth Maul. There is no button that says, just give me my famous iconic character Chewbacca. Instead, you have to get points, you have to get credits to be able to purchase them with in-game currency. So just so I have this straight. Okay. The summoning of these, like, killstreak bonus characters. Yes. Is an integral part of the gameplay experience. That is true. Do you have any of them to start with? You have a few to start with. Uh, They are not as iconic or famous. Uh, I think maybe you have some of the more uh, current ones. You might get Finn for free. Okay, yeah. Finn or Ray or uh, Dan Dan Davenport. No, uh, Poe Dammer, Dammer, Poe Durian. Poe Durian. Uh, you might get those for free, but if you want the more iconic and probably more powerful ones, like Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, uh, Han Solo, if you want any of those, you, you gotta pay out money. So for this thing... That is essentially like a a big Star Wars fan service shooter. To truly get the Star Wars fan service experience, I have to pay into an extremely costly roulette wheel to try to experience the whole game. Yeah, it's essentially a gachapon game, only it has no right being a gachapon game. Great. Yeah. I, I mean, there are models like this that work. For instance, I play a mobile game called Fire Emblem Heroes in which you spend in-game orbs to summon a random hero and you have a chance at getting the hero you want, uh, but either way, you're getting a hero. But there's nothing in the game that lets you outright get the hero you want. Okay. Um, so, they like the model can work, however, like for your efforts, you're still getting something in Gachapon games. Uh, there's a Japanese law that says you can't, it can't be gambling. You can't get nothing. I almost say that that could be a law here. I I feel like this is a a trend that needs to be examined, but just a loot box trend in general. Um, I think China just passed a law that says you have to outright, like, delineate the, the odds of getting something from a loot crate. For it to be legal by Chinese law. I mean, you know, what are the chances of getting Darth Vader? Well, I mean, it's 100% if you can get the the credits that you that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, they did, EA did recently reduce the amount of credits it takes from the 600,000 to just 15,000. Oh. They reduced it by 75%, basically admitting that they were wrong in the first place. Um, but at the same time, and this this was a stealth thing that people only picked up uh, in the, the like the the data files for the game. They also slash the amount of credits that you can earn. Oh, great! Yeah. So essentially, what they're doing uh, is what so many game companies have done in the past, where right out the gate they're being as greedy as they possibly can be. Exactly. Like they're they're taking And then as people notice that and catch on, they just start pouring the greed into different buckets. The amount of greed never changes. Of, yeah. But it's just in different places. It, it, it's a it's a, a classic PR spin move in which like you hear what people are saying and you you make 
a statement or you, you address what they're saying while this at the same time you tweak something else that that they don't un, like that will undermine what you're saying but still technically placate the masses are have games gotten so exponentially more expensive that we have to do this I don't think so I, I honestly don't think so like I I do know this this battlefront property takes a lot to to of investment but i i feel like this is just pure profit motive interfering with a, a good product and i wonder sometimes what the what the spread is of people who just buy into this stuff and generally don't question i mean it i'm sure there are a lot of people who are out there who are like ah i love star wars i like star wars battlefront i'll buy this and then they just pay into it enough and they're like, oh, this is kind of bullshit. But, like, they don't actually think about what a screw job it is. Uh, a, a weird side effect of this, this all, all of this ruckus being kicked up over the, the past week is they, they've actually, it, they've looked into who are sustaining these, mo- these payment models. And a lot of the times it's, it's like 5% of the player base is pouring money into it. At like an astronomic, like uh, an, uh, a, a skewed rate, you know, the average player may spend 20 bucks on a game through one of these loot crate things, but there are these whales that will spend thousands of dollars on like a mobile game and it, it, that's the target audience. So you're just looking for whales. You're looking for whales. Um, and that's a term that you can, that, that is, that it, you find that in a lot of these these games, like Hearthstone, a game where you have to spend money to get card packs, and then you can use those card packs in your decks, they have whales. People who buy, like, they spend, like, $500 when a new expansion comes out, and they just they, they get all the cards. Um, and you can still earn cards through the, th- the free-to-play rate, but it takes longer, and you're not going to be as, you're not going to be at a good position at the beginning of the expansion. So essentially, and I mean this might be reductive, but what they're doing is they're pitching to an extremely limited audience that is a guaranteed revenue stream for them at the expense of the experience of 95% of their player base. It's exactly that. Like, Great. You, yeah, you see a bunch of calls like, well, just don't give them money. You know, boycott them. Don't do any microtransactions or something like that. And ninety, a large, the majority percent of the player base is already not giving them any money. Mm-hmm. You, but you have these whales who skew the figures. Exactly. You can't vote with your wallet. You have to go this other other route. And that's why you see people complaining on Reddit, people trying to get their voices heard. They're tweeting at developers and stuff. And certain people are going too far. Like, a developer did receive death threats over the, some of these decisions. Like, the the over the response that EA gave to the community. Well, I mean, fucking of course they did. Henry, here's the thing. What's the thing, John? Here's why it's so hard to take complaints from people who play video games seriously when they deal with money. Why? Because generally the most outspoken people in the video gaming community are babies. They're huge, huge babies, especially about money and especially about cost. It's really true. Like, uh, before all of this EA thing happened, the, the, the Hearthstone Reddit subreddit was going crazy over just 
you need to be spending more and more money on Hearthstone to be, to unlock more of the cards. But it's really it's a, it, it's an instant gratification thing versus being patient, grinding up in-game currency to spend on card packs versus dropping $200, $500 on the first day of the expansion. But I mean, let's say you have a game in early access or something like that. You have a game that's uh, relatively inexpensive. It gets a full release and then they charge you extra for a soundtrack or something like that. Okay. Generally, the response from the community will be greedy devs trying to take our money. Look at them. But it's like... That's legitimately just someone trying to recoup on their investment by giving you extra shit. Yeah, I, I mean, it, th- there, there are multiple camps of, on this. Uh, generally, the, uh, the consensus is as long as the data isn't on the disc already, like it, it's not on-disc DLC, like you see in like Injustice and Mortal Kombat, as long as you're not doing that, it's okay. There's a dog barking in the background. I hear him. Okay, I guess he's... What if he's barking at you? <laughs> that would be hilarious, and I would include it on the, the podcast. Um, Alright, but then you have developers like CD Projekt Red, who everyone kind of agrees did a really great job of Witcher 3, in which they they developed like two really great expansions that were reasonably priced and added hours onto the game, and everyone seems to be okay with how they did it. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just like, as the closer you are to being like data on disc DLC, or even like if it can be perceived that way, like if it's day one DLC, the closer you are to that, the more upset the community is. And I, I mean, I think that a lot of this comes from a lot of people playing video games are protective of their money because video games are big investments 60 dollars is not something most people can just throw away mm-hmm. but for the most part just we need to find a way to separate the concerns of people who are legitimately worried about ruining an art form by trying to squeeze money out of a select few people and the people who are whinging because someone's providing you with extra content at a cost yeah and i don't i don't know if there's a way to really do that on the internet where everyone's voice is just equally thrown at the wall and the loudest voices tend to stick because they're louder. Like my, my, my real advice would be like, well, if you have a platform like a podcast or like a YouTube show, you can, you can discuss it. You can talk it out, but otherwise you're just tweeting death threats at a, a poor developer who probably didn't make the decision in the first place. Yeah. And I think we can say, uh, take a firm stance on this podcast. Death threats are not the way to go. Never. They are never the way to go. You, they accomplish nothing. Uh, and you give the side that you're going against ammunition to dismiss everything that everyone else is saying. We're going to run through a real quick role play to show how death threats would work in any other meaningful discussion. All right. All right. <clears throat> oh, hello, sir. Oh, hi. Yes. Uh, what do you think of Don DeLillo's novel, White Noise? Oh, I think it's the best book that ever came out in the year that it was published. I will cut your head off. Wait, why? I will murder your entire family. Oh, I'm going to call the police. Beep, boop, bop, bop, beep. Ah, uh, hello, police. <laughs> oh, yes, I've just received a death threat from uh, this young gentleman in front of me. <laughs> oh, so you're going to be on your way shortly, then. <laughs> 
Okay, well, the police have been notified and they're looking into you. Oh, goodbye, I'm being arrested. Oh, okay, bye. Uh, nice. I guess this wasn't the right way to handle this. It, it wasn't. Nice chatting. I'm British. And we're back. Yeah, so, like, in the real world, where your identity can be tracked and people can identify you by sight, a death threat is a very serious crime. Yeah, but if you're just, like, locked away in a room somewhere in front of a computer, you have a screen of anonymity. And and that's dangerous. And, and like, the more that these death threats are becoming a thing, they're becoming prevalent. And, and, like, this isn't new. This dates back to 2015. This dates back to the Gamergate thing where anyone who was on the other side of Gamergate received death threats. It's like the more that people become concerned about this, the closer we're going to become... The closer we're coming to a version of the internet where, like, you have to register your driver's license to log on. Yeah. The the virulent screen of anonymity that people have been operating behind for so long is partly what has driven most of the civilized parts of the internet to seek places they can go to where their identity is known. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like all of the early bulletin boards and then like our IRCC channels and stuff where people had usernames and people experienced this anonymity gave way to Facebook and MySpace where people were volunteering to be identified. Because it's a whole hell of a lot harder for Aunt Cheryl to comment on your baby pictures and be like, I'll cut your fucking head off. Yeah, exactly. Like, that just won't happen. Like, I was thinking about this today because I'm moving and I was trying to... I am trying to sell a washer and dryer. By the way, a lot of people are interested. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. Uh, but part of it is I am selling it through a popular social media outlet that has my name on it, and people can just see my name and profile on the thing that I'm selling it on, which is kind of awesome, because I can do the same to the people who are interested in it. Yeah, it, it, there's no advantage here. No, at Both sides are on an equal playing field. You both, You know who you are. Well, they know who you are, and you know who they are. Like, some guy messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm interested. I looked at his profile. Has no pictures. Has no friends. I'm like, no, get out of here. <laughs> Someone else messaged me. I see he's just some guy named, like, Dan, and he's got eight kids and 8,000 friends. I'm like, you seem like you're not going to kill me. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you seem like you're not going to, like, try to obscure your identity in uh, an attempt to to either rob me or take my life. And that's one thing that I never thought that I would want out of the internet, but I've been driven to, is I'm not a huge fan of anonymity now. I really like knowing who people I'm talking to are in a weird way. There, there, I think there's there are contexts where anonymity is still preferred, but like if you're going to be meeting up with somebody in the real world, you want to know what they look like so you can identify them. You can know you're talking to the right person and also so you know that they're not going to like take your kidneys. Or like Twitter. Like if you're on Twitter and you post something funny, as we often do, <laughs> and someone like retweets it or faves it and you don't know who they are you look at their profile you're like oh you're a journalist you're a comedy writer cool like you know this person's deal instantly yeah or you could see like oh you're a neo-nazi why are you retweeting this what i'm gonna take a second broad stand on the podcast i hope you back me up on this if you are a neo-nazi do not like our tweets yeah i i can back you up on that you're not in our demographic. We're not aiming for you. Yeah, that Nazi money don't spend around these parts. Nope, your money's no good here. Literally. 
Yeah, take it back to Nazi town. But there's a, there's a weird thing about this, John. Yeah. We obscure our last names on this podcast. It's true, we do. And and we, like, for a while we obscured the town that we lived in. I'm kind of forthcoming with the fact that I live in Austin now. Yeah, um, you do live in a in a large place. I, I guess because of the larger city, I don't mind as much because I don't know if I'm, I mean... I feel like we've revealed enough information that anyone who wants to track us down probably can. Oh yeah, very easily. But we still we still obfuscate. How do you say that word? Uh, obfuscate. Obfuscate. We still we still obscure our names in a weird like because I don't want to get doxxed by the internet. Yeah, I'm still afraid. Here's the crazy thing. I like to maintain a certain amount of professional anonymity because I'm afraid of the deeply anonymous part of the internet. Yeah, and like public figure is becoming a looser and looser term. Like it's like if you have a YouTube video, no, sorry. If you have a YouTube channel for some reason you're now a public figure. And it's like, well, yeah. they're not the same as like a celebrity, I guess. I mean, public figure is becoming an increasingly a fluid and widespread designator for people. I think both of us and almost everyone we know knows someone who's a little bit famous. Yeah, it's like when we were in that that improv troupe that we were in, we were sort of public figures in that community. And like there were weird times where like I had interactions with people who thought they knew me. And it's like, wait, I we don't know each other just because you come to our shows doesn't mean you can just drop in on me and hang out. Like, that's weird. Yeah, the a weird thing about performing in number one, a small town, and number two, a small college, is that uh, people tend to... People tend to view you as a public figure, and when you're viewed as a public figure, people aren't as respectful of your space or your privacy because they assume that you've given up those things by choosing to become a public figure, and to some degree, you have. Yeah, there's like a weird contract that nobody signs, but is really strictly enforced by society. It's the idea that if you're out there, if you're making yourself known, you are giving up a certain amount of basic human dignity, which is very tough for me because I really like performing and I like making things. I like having meaningful and popular creative outlets. Like I've I've performed in front of groups of hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm like, yeah. This is great, <laughs> but there's a certain part of that that when you're saying this is great, you're making some Faustian bargain that means these people think they know you. <laughs> they own part of you now. You must, yeah. you are their friend. You must hang out with them. And even it's on my part because I'll still see people like that around town sometimes. And I'll be like, I feel an obligation to at least entertain them momentarily. Yeah, it's it's part of the the fame monster, as Lady Gaga would say. Oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. But I don't. So, what do we do with EA? Like EA puts themselves out there. They're they're sort of a public company, and they're making decisions that we don't agree with. Do we respect those decisions and let them have them, or do we 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 rally against them and think we? I don't know how to conflate these two topics. Oh, I think that if a company is making business decisions that you think impact your experience of a thing that you love, you should just pound their dick in the dirt whenever you get the option to. 
Like, don't send them death threats, but if they post something dumb on Reddit, downvote it and tell them that you don't appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did, and it is it is literally the most downvoted thing on the website's history, and this is this is a website where Donald Trump did an, an AMA, so, like, they, they're competing against real-life things. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of no death threats, but if they open themselves up to it, be like, no, fuck no, this is dumb. Give me the thing that I want. Yeah. I think this is greedy. Seek seek legal channels to show your disapproval. Yeah, never death threats. Yeah. I, it's funny because the statement they issued wasn't even terrible from a PR perspective. Oh, I'm sure they tuned it as well as they possibly could have. It sounds very innocuous. Like, it sounds very middle of the road and yet and yet it's the most down food thing uh, like so so it, this is what it this is the statement i have it right here in front of me uh, as for cost we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch among other things we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here on Reddit, our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon as as soon and as often as we can. Maybe the greatest shame of that is that whoever wrote that is probably in pretty serious trouble, but that is a masterfully worded attempt to answer why is your company so greedy the person who wrote this was put in a really shitty position which they had to try to placate a very charged player base basically and they had to do so without saying yeah what ea is doing is kind of shitty so it's like they you they they did the pr job they they represented the views of the, the, the the public views of the company and and we're like, hey, we're working on it. No promises. I just really hope whoever that person's supervisor is realizes that what they did was they're like, listen, we have this cage full of hungry dogs. We want you to go in there and we want you to have a note that says soon there will be meat. If they still don't like it, we'll just give them you. You're made of meat. So, uh, yeah. Hey, you weren't lying. Soon there will be meat. <laughs> exactly. You know, because if heads roll, then it's all, you know, it's the underlings and it's not the, the money-grubbing uh, overcoats. I mean, you know what they say, shit rolls downhill, much like a stormtrooper's laser grenade. Yeah. I mean, like, I barely support EA because they have they have utterly destroyed some of my favorite franchises. So I will not be buying Star Wars Battlefront 2, and, but it feels like... That's not doing enough. So, like, how do we how do we really stick it to them? I mean, how do we anti-buy a video game? <laughs> I, I mean, you, I guess we could do what other people were doing. They were, like, people were canceling pre-orders to such a degree that they removed the, the refund button from the customer service page. Oh, no. Yeah, so you had to manually talk to somebody to, to refund your game. And people, nice. people were like... Uh, advising like you could you don't have to do that just go through the credit card company and issue a chargeback i uh uh, what can we do maybe what we could do now hear me out okay now voting with your wallet is tough 
Uh, well, yeah, if you're already not going to buy it, you can't not buy it harder. But what if we made people redirect their money somewhere else? <laughs> like the charity and EA's name? Yes. <laughs> no, to charity, but from the name of, like, some cheeky thing making fun of EA. A.E.? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So instead of Battlefront 2, donate to, uh, you know, St. Jude or something. Yeah, like, give the amount of money you would have spent uh, on Battlefront Star Wars to whatever the name of the game is, uh, to charity in the, na- in the name of either EA or, like, some type of ironic name for EA. Yeah, or what you could do, uh, here's what you do. One second. Okay. What you do is you buy a whole bunch of t-shirts, right? Okay. Now, this is following in the footsteps of an amazing man or woman. I'm not sure. Okay. But he had a decal. He or she had a decal placed on the back of his or her pickup truck. And the decal read, Ask me how AT&T at the Auburn Outlet Mall stole $685 from me. Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah. You should follow in that person's footsteps and buy a shirt or a series of shirts that say, ask me about how Star Wars Battlefront tried to steal 60,000 orb credits from me. (laughs) That would be great. That way people will see it, word of mouth, and then no one will buy it. Yeah. Punish them with your shirts. That's great. Yeah. Capital punishment shirts. (laughs) Capital punishment shirts? Well, like capitalist punishment. I don't know what capital punishment means. Oh, it's like, uh, put him in a prison. Oh, a capital... Yeah, put EA in a prison. No! Made of made of the money that you spent on shirts. Money prison. Money prison. Or you could just give $60 to your favorite podcast. Yeah, through some <laughs> avenue that has not yet been established. Through our PayPal. No, that would be dumb. No one give us money. Oh, wait, just pay it to us on Facebook. Yeah, give it to us on Venmo. Yeah, well, they need to know who we are with Venmo, and I think we're still in the anonymity phase. Oh, give us to give it to us on Facebook. Can they? Can you make a payment to a business web page on Facebook? Hell, man, I don't know. I don't know anything about Facebook. I'm just on it. Let's just make a Patreon. Yeah, sixty dollars a month gets you not supporting EA. That's the perk. Every time. For every person who subscribes at the $60 per month level, will receive a text message from my burner phone that reads, This is your monthly reminder that you chose not to buy Star Wars Battlefront 2. And then you can forward that to EA. Yeah, and you can also, like, every time you receive the message, you'll feel better about your life choices, and you can pat yourself on the back. Yeah, because usually when you get a text message about the money you spent, you feel bad. But this one will make you feel good. Yeah, like, it'll be great. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be great. You gotta get a burner phone. Uh, yeah. You don't need a burner phone, but I need one, which is good, because I have three. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. You gotta get a burner phone. You use a burner phone for three things, Henry. Uh, drugs, Patreon, and money. Cheating, eating, and the trap. What is the trap? If you don't know, you can't afford it. Okay, well then I'm glad I don't know. Henry, I feel we should talk about something real quick. Uh, something related to loot crates and and EA? Uh, no, after that. Oh, so you want to transition? Should we wrap up our discussion? Is this the wrap up of of our discussion? 
Yes, I think so. All right, well, put a period on that sentence. I mean, I think I think we gave them a lot of really good options they could they could pursue. Yeah. Uh, the thing I want to talk about, which is quickly becoming an issue, is I lost my voice for like a week. Oh yeah, that's right. We forgot to do that at the top. <laughs> and this is the first time I've been talking a lot and my voice is better and it is getting worse. Don't worry. You just have to survive like uh, 30 more minutes. Look, here's my vocal range. I'm going to update you. I'm going to start low. Ooh. You want to do that again? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yep, that's about as high as I can go. It was, uh, I literally could not speak for at least three days. That's crazy. How did you communicate with the outside world? So, you can go into this, like, post-vocal space if you're like, ah, bah, bah. You could become, like, a little mouth gremlin. Yeah, that's basically what I had to do. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, ever since maybe three or four years ago, ever since I started performing regularly, I get one really bad bout of laryngitis pretty much every year at the same time and i don't know why it's because your vocal cords need to rest man never that's why we took last week off yeah and i'm glad we did because i would not have been able to record a podcast and i wouldn't be able to carry a podcast by myself and that's for the best what do you mean because you know we don't need to get into it what you trying to say that i don't have natural charm and charisma because i already said that Look, I'm just saying that we have a certain... One of us holds the podcast together, Henry. Is it you? No. Is it me? No. Is it Trevor? (laughs) It's us. Oh! One plus one equals three. One plus one equals one person who's us, me, you, Trevor. One plus one equals one. Yes. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, I'm glad that... We admit that we both are too weak to carry a podcast by ourselves. And I'm glad to admit that I am sick, or was sick. I'm not sick anymore, yeah. just to be clear. You're not going to catch anything just by listening to this podcast. Well, I hope not. Unless you catch feelings for me, your host. Or you catch hearing aids? Like a weird pun about hearing aids? Like Yeah, that kind of flies. Yeah, p- pretend I made a good joke? Yeah. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad our audience is so willing to pretend that we're good at making content. They do it every week. They do it every week, except last week. Except last week. Then they really, you know, they rested, and now they can do it even better this week. Oh, you're right. They got a mental break. Yeah, break me off a piece of that brain. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, I just thought that was the new hot catchphrase we're using for mental breaks. <laughs> Break me off a huge piece of that brain. Uh, give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of your brain. Is that like if zombies were were in charge of viral marketing? Uh, viral, like a zombie virus. Exactly. That's why I said it. <sighs> Alright, John, let's slow down a little bit. Okay, what's up? No, let's slow down a little bit. Oh, what's up? Because we're going to transition to something that's very serious and something we've sort of talked about before. I think we've touched on it. Okay, I need to... Let me readjust my expectations. Okay, uh, let me know when you're done readjusting. A cat has entered the room, so it's going to be tough for me to be somber. Oh, because the cat is so joyful and full of life? Yeah, we have a complicated relationship. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the, the this, in light of recent events in Hollywood and, and the entertainment industry, 
Yay, yay, yay. That's that... the sound of me tugging on my collar for what we're about to talk about. Well, I, I, you know, I feel like it's been... I mean, it's... Okay. So we're talking about the sexual mistreatment, the sexual abuse in the Hollywood industry. Um, I, I just... We come to a point where artist, art, and person are not being separated anymore. And people are like, I don't even know how to phrase this, John. It's uh, it's a tough thing to put into words in my experience. Because like, I don't want to phrase it in a way where I, where it's a bad thing, because I think it's, I think it's a really good thing that this is happening, that, Mm -hmm. that people are getting the, the, the the consequences of their, of their actions. Um, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein got ousted from his own company. Like that's that would not have happened if people didn't come forward and were were very like vocal and convincing about their the the horrible things they went through. And I think that it's something that we as a society have always had issues dealing with, which is existing in a world where someone has created or facilitated great art, but is a terrible person. Yeah, I mean, how, how do we balance those two things? Uh, I'd, I'd love to have an answer. I don't know either. And like, in the case of, of the guy who kicked this all off, uh, Harvey Weinstein, he wasn't even an artist. He just supported artists with with all of his money. Yeah, he he let a lot of he facilitated art. He allowed art to happen in most cases. Uh his production company wasn't uh great most of the time, but you know. Yeah, but they were responsible for a lot of like people's careers being upheld or even started. Yeah. So he like that would be like I guess the king of the Renaissance times abusing the artist but there were no women artists, so I'm confused. Where does uh, there's no there's no analogy. There's no how do we make sense of this other than by supporting the victims and and t- you know encouraging them coming out and and accusing the their harassers. I think the the best thing that we can do the best thing you can do in, in any case is be supportive of people who are making themselves vulnerable to tell you their story. Um, but I have a, I have somewhat of a take on the situation that maybe is not super popular, not maybe I will regret saying. Oh, well, you know, let's put ourselves out there. Well, what is what is your uh, your view? A view that I have that isn't um isn't extremely popular and I think maybe Bill Burr talked about this a little bit, but like let's say you have someone like Louis CK and right. uh five or six people have uh accused him of sexual misconduct, uh, like sexual assault. And a lot of people are in the industry talking about like people who have his agent should drop his agent or people who are attached to product projects that he was attached to should drop those projects entirely. Not necessarily movies that he directed or directly produced, but there seems to be this fervor that's building up around the allegations that are making, at least at this point, innocent people seem guilty by association. Because there's no guarantee that the manager for Louis C.K. or the manager for Kevin Spacey was implicit in any of this. Yeah, I mean... If you think of what like a manager's job is, their job is to make sure that their client has a career. Yeah. 
So the manager will try to hush allegations or something because they're damaging to the career. Like that's that's very that's very obvious by looking at what's happened in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, mind you, none of the people accused have faced criminal charges yet. They're still innocent in the eyes of the law. Yeah. But in the the court of social opinion, no, that's not what they call it, the court of public opinion, they're all guilty and they faced consequences. A lot of them have fi- have been fired or or they've resigned or they've stepped down from whatever positions they've held, um, which is basically like an omission of guilt, you know? And I, I know that this is going to sound kind of centrist on the issue, but we have due process for a reason. And... We live in a time that is very unique. I think the reason why it's tough to find words for this thing is it's kind of unique in all of history. That we are currently living in a time where the best thing we can be is supportive of people who are telling their stories. And I want to be supportive whenever possible because it's the hardest thing in the world to do to do what these women and men are doing right now, which is telling the stories about how they were abused. Yeah. But we have to temper that with, we have to support people, we have to believe people, we have to act on people's accounts of history as if they are accurate, but we have to temper it by saying we can't get worked up into a fervor, and we can't start freaking out. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to fall into mob mentality where the first outcry, it's not even the first outcry, like... Five outcries equals a hanging. You know, we, we don't want this to turn into uh, the Salem witch trials. Yeah. I mean, if there are five meaningful allegations of sexual misconduct for any famous person, I'm perfectly okay with their career being completely fucked. But we also have to understand that when people share stories like that, they're is an avenue for us then to go down to punish these people. And that avenue has not traditionally punished them very well, but it does exist. Yeah, this is a very confusing issue. Because, like, if the avenue, if the the courts aren't historically or traditionally effective at punishing them, should we rely on them? Or, Or should the ruination of their career be the better sentence. It's a tough thing to say because like, let's take Louis CK. If Louis CK goes to court and the judge ends up being some misogynist asshole and nothing happens, then like everybody lost. Everyone has lost. And that's why the court of public opinions where FX has cut their ties with him and his new movie. I love you. Daddy was straight up canceled. Like it's not going to be released. Maybe that is more of a harsher punishment for everyone who is not Louis C.K., for sure. But maybe, like, the the guilt that he feels that several people are now not going to get paid for their work, maybe that's enough? It, hopefully he's remorseful for that, right? Hopefully, if you were to read his statement, you would believe that he is. Well, yeah, he's remorseful for getting caught. Yes. Uh, that That's, I mean... As well-written as his response is, that's what it says. He's remorseful that people found out. Uh, I, I found that there was generally a undercurrent after his, I guess, apology uh, or his letter of admittance of guilt came out. 
that people were like, yeah, he's stepping in front of it, can't blame him. It's like, no, you can blame him for the things that he did. He did the greatest thing that one can do in this position and that his statement starts out with, these stories are true. Yeah. Like, that's great. That's that's what you, that's what you hope for if you make accusations against somebody in power. Like... And that does show a bit of remorse that he he is he's not trying to hide it anymore, but go back to just September of this year, he called them he called these rumors and he called them lies and there was no truth in them. Just a month ago, he was not a month ago. What year is it? Just two months ago, he was saying that this wasn't true. So and like these allegations have been around for years, and he's been treating them as if. I mean, he straight up said, these are not real and I will not talk about them. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said that before. But now that he's been found out or now that the, I, what was it, the New York, New York Times ran a, an article on it and it's in his face, he, he's had a sudden change of heart. I, no, that's not what happened. He can't dodge it anymore is what happened. And almost the only thing that I can hope for to come out of this is everyone has their knives out for scumbags in Hollywood right now. And I hope those knives never go back in their scabbards. Do knives go in scabbards? I guess they can. They never go back in their knife pocket. I want those knives to stay out because I want the weird broken machine that is Hollywood, that is fame, to be much less forgiving of people like that. Yeah, yeah. No, th- this is... a. Like, this is great. Like, um, I'm currently on the New York Times. Uh, they have a page where they tr- they start. It's a timeline that starts with Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. And then, like, it traces every other person who has been accused, what the fallout of that and their response. And it, it goes all the way to basically today. And, like, this, this needs to be one of the longest web pages in history where no one is safe. Everyone... Is get it faces the consequences of their actions, and this is in some way ties back into how we were talking about anonymity, because the the veil of fame kept these people safe for so long, and now that being a famous person isn't a precious commodity, these people are being fucked for their stupid behavior. Yeah, it's great, and unlike cases that recently have happened, like Kesha. And her producer, that horrible court case where justice was not found, we're getting justice, or like people are getting justice against people, figures as big as like Kevin Spacey. And a lot of that is, it's painful, this moment of transition wherein is tough to live through because some people whose work I love or has who or who have facilitated some works that I deeply love are implicated in all of this. And I'm like, I, it hurts, but you have to believe it and you have to act, you have to act like it's true because fucking, if 50 people accuse you of something, it's true, dog. Yeah, no, like, we we go back to the Bill Cosby incident or several incidents over decades. Like, enough people come out of the woodwork, which is what is happening now. Like, it's multiple people coming out. Like in uh in, in, in Louis C.K.'s case, it was five women. Like five women don't get together over decades to try to ruin someone's life. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Yeah, this hasn't been like a concentrated conspiracy, which the internet seems to believe. Oh yeah, I, I've I've heard uh, especially for the the Ray Moore case, they believe somebody at Huffington Post paid someone a thousand dollars to accuse Ray Moore 
of pedophilia. Uh, it's like that might happen, but how do you how do you how do you uh, accommodate for the four other people, the four other people who came forward? Yeah, you don't. You don't. The, the, these are not isolated incidents. It's it's always a number of women, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm scrolling down. I'm I'm trying to find one case of of one woman coming forward, and I, I the closest we get is at least two. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's one. Uh, Roy Price, the head of Amazon Studios. Apparently, accusation, sexual harassment of one woman. He resigned, and he could not be reached for comment. So, one out of, like, 20. But, I mean, still, even if only one person comes forward, that's still a story you have to support and believe. But for most, if not all of the people on that list, it's going to be an issue with a pattern of behavior. They were predatory individuals. Yeah, they have positions of power. Which they get to say yay or nay. Uh, like, they get to raise people up or, or strike them down. And they abuse that by doing weird, twisted, sexual things. And that's something that Louis C.K. touches on in his letter. Is he basically just says, I had power and I didn't know how to use it. It's like, you kind of know. Yeah, you kind of know. You, you kind of, you, you would not ask <laughs> someone you perceived as an equal if you could take your clothes off and and masturbate in front of them that doesn't happen also even if it did happen you would wait for them to respond yeah <laughs> uh pretty pretty much all of the uh all of the accounts of louis ck's behavior are just him being in a position of power and knowing it yeah and like if that's your thing if like getting people to watch you do that is your thing there are escorts yeah, there, there, there are avenues for that to be done in a questionably legal ma- uh, ma- manner. Uh, you don't have to do it with your colleagues. Or, you know, in Louis C.K.'s case, during the timeline of that, your pregnant wife. Yeah. She might be down. I don't know. Yeah, she might be down. Like, why not? Does it have to be people you know? Yeah. Ridiculous. And, like, at a certain point... Can't you, like, Craigslist that or something, you know? Yeah. Man-seeking woman? Male comedian for uh, female comedian to watch jerk it. Yeah. Willing to pay hush money. Like, you know, there there are avenues, it would seem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I almost feel like this might be a cop-out. I almost feel as though this isn't something that I can come up with, like, a a tidy lid for. It's such a new phenomenon in history that I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, no, no. I I mean, this this is a currently developing thing. I don't think there should be a lid on it. I I think we're seeing a bunch of different cases. I think this is like an ad hoc thing where, like, Andy Dick gets accused of sexual harassment and it's like, no, duh, he's Andy Dick. Like, mm-hmm. should he face accus- like should he face uh, consequences for that? Yes, duh. You know, you know. But but then you've got what happened to Brett Ratner, where Gal Gadot basically said, "If you want me to be Wonder Woman again, get rid of his production company." Mm-hmm. So she's using her 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 power, her clout with the with the studio. She's using her platform to help out other people because I don't think she was ever mistreated by Ratner, but 
there are rumors around him and um so it's it's like she's trying to to be an advocate for the, the potential victims of him so it's it's like you got to use what power you can stop put your career at risk and that's the that's the unfortunate side effect but by doing that you might just win i almost feel like this is a really important moment in like the seesaw of hollywood because like imagine a seesaw if you will okay you know how they work yeah one side goes up the other one goes down or more like a scale i guess but one side has been heavily weighted towards abusers not just men but just serial abusers of power who disrespect people on a fundamental level yeah and hollywood has been that way i dare say since its inception yeah ever since the first you know patron of the arts got involved i'm betting and i feel like over time the other side has just gotten a little bit heavier and a little bit heavier over time, and then it got a little bit lighter in the 90s, because the 90s was like a weirdly hyper-misogynistic time for no reason. Yeah. But I feel like we're at a tipping point now where the the power structure is so even that these people feel like they can come forward. And that's a great thing. I don't, I don't know how... I don't even know. It's like lightning in a bottle. Like, how, how did it happen? How, what had to take place for people to come out against Weinstein? And how do we how do we make conditions favorable for more of this? I feel like a lot of it had to do with you had people who had increasing levels of power in society, and then you just had the same amount of injustice, but slowly the power just rose up and up and up and closer to the top of that injustice, and it got so close to the top that it just started punching it. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe maybe it is a gradual build of people feeling more and more empowered, and you know I, I say let's let's not stop at Hollywood, you know. Yeah, if if you've got a shitty pattern of behavior, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have any position of power, like anyone, like a politician, let's go after them. Like it's it's starting to happen with Ray Moore, whoever that guy is, but the the Alabama judge and politician. It's yep. ha- we're starting to see it happen. Let's keep going. Let's tackle the Senate. Let's tackle Congress. Hell, let's tackle the President of the United States. Yeah, exactly. If you've got power, use it responsibly. And if you haven't used it responsibly, you should be punished for that. Yeah, this doesn't even have to be real power. This could be any perception of power. You know, I'm- let's go. Let's go after teachers. Let's go after mailmen. They don't have any power. Let leave mailmen alone. Let, let, let's go after government officials. Just, let's take them all down. Get them out. Yeah, because as as everyone starts to be on equal footing, as as we all start to be less anonymous, we all have more equal power. You know, recognition is more fluid than it's ever been. Everyone is slowly starting to be on the same point. Not in a socioeconomic sense. No, we're but still at the far very least, that. in a visibility sense. Yeah, and, and you want to talk about like achieving rep, you know equal representation in, in various industries. Getting rid of the misabusers. The no, no, not the misabusers. The the abusers of power. That's a great first step. Oh, it's the best first step. Getting them the fuck out of there. Yeah, because I don't know. It's obvious why. Yeah, I don't think we need to tell anyone why getting these people out is a good idea. 
And then let them go through the, the, the court process. Let, let them go through the due process, the habeas corpus, and, you know, hang them. Not hang them, but let them hang. Whoa. Not let them hang, but, you know. Not let them hang, but, you know, kill them. <laughs> yeah. You know, stab them with a rusty knife. Whatever. You know, tetanus. Who cares? Exactly. I, I meant let them face what comes to them. Throw the book at them. And, and like, the more... This is a weird thing, like the timeline of all this, because when when the Bill Cosby thing came out, it it was hard not to feel sad for him and his his illustrious career. But the more that we're finding things like this, the less I care about their illustrious career. Yeah, when it was a rarity, I was like, oh, he meant so much to people. And I liked Ghost Dad. And oh, what a shame. And now, like, the more this stuff's happening, I'm like, fuck it. Like, Louis C.K. is effectively my favorite comic ever. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, fuck no, this I, guy. I, I, I like Louis C.K. I like Kevin Spacey. I feel like they're both great actors or, or entertainers. But it turns out they're terrible people. And you don't get to be a terrible person for having a talent. Yeah. Uh, being, I have long been a proponent of this. Uh, being talented is no excuse for being terrible. Yeah, like, just because you have a valuable, a perceivably valuable skill and that you're great at becoming other people, that doesn't mean you can break the law. Exactly. Because, like, if I broke the law and, like, but no, wait, I'm a great copy editor. It doesn't fly. That's not a defense. I don't know. If you go to the right court, copy (laughs) editing court... Copy editing court, where all of the judges are copy editors. Oh, what a horrible place. Well, it's better than kangaroo court. Where everyone's a kangaroo. Yep. But yeah, so so it's sad. It, it's sad to see that Kevin Spacey won't be in House of Cards Season 6. But also, House of Cards Season 6 probably won't happen. I mean, it's the show, the show sucks. And, and it's sad that maybe we won't see a Louis C.K. comedy special in a while. I, I think he still has some deals with Netflix, but like... Maybe maybe this is the best thing to happen for him as a person, so he can actually reflect and grow. Yeah, he can actually, like, make decisions and, going forward, not abuse his power and understand that that was uh, an, an aberrant behavior that he had. And maybe my hope, my, my sincere hope, and this is a bit selfish, maybe the flames get a little hot under other people with rumors around them. Uh, such as, but not limited to, Johnny Depp, so that we get rid of him in the next Fantastic Beast movie, and we can just get Colin Farrell back, because he was great in that movie, and I'm really sad that he's not going to be in it. <laughs> My favorite part of the next Fantastic Beast movie is when, uh, what's his name? Grundlebatch? Uh, Grimbledim. Uh, Grundlewald, Grindelwald. No, no, uh, Grunch, the Grunch. When the Grunch uh, meets uh, Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's like, wait a second, and he like rips his face off, and it's just uh, Colin Farrell again. Yeah, that would be great. Let's do that. And it's like, oh, you were the Grunch all along. Yeah, shame on you, Grunch, for pretending to be another person. Shame on you for pretending to be someone who beat his wife. Yeah, that, you can write that into the movie. I'm okay. I think J.K. Uh, Rowling can do whatever she wants. 
Yeah. As long as she gets rid of that vile Johnny Depp. Well, I feel like she can do whatever she wants as long as she doesn't miss a misabuse. Is misabuse a word? Maybe. Uh, as long as she doesn't abuse her power. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, like because right now all of the uh, all of the people being called out are men, but it's not limited to men. Of course not. I feel like anyone can can abuse their power for weird sexual gain. I feel like men are more likely. Yeah, men are absolutely more likely because men are more likely to be in positions of power. But also we live in a society where it's tough for men to recognize when they have been abused because society hasn't been set up for them to process that. Yeah, Terry Crews is doing a great job right now. He he came forward uh, saying he was groped at a Hollywood party and then like he stood by the remark. And I think today he actually named his accused, the, 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 the groper. Yes, please, Terry Crews. Please, Terry. Yeah, T- Terry Crews is awesome about that. And I feel like like if Terry Crews can do it, anyone can do it. Come on. Everyone it, come out. It, it, it must be a great time. And it's never easy to tell your story when something like that has happened to you. And it's tough to expect people to tell their story because they don't owe us anything. Yeah, it, it is tough. There, there's something about right now where it's never... You've never had more power to be someone who needs to say something. Yeah. I feel like for so long the deck has been stacked against victims, but we're ebbing away at that deck, and soon the victims will be holding the trump card. Yes. Oh, that's real good. I feel like that's the that's what that's the lid we can put on it for now. I uh yeah, I agree chills yeah we'll just have to wait and see how things happen see how things play out because like this is the zeitgeist what we're talking about right now is the zeitgeist the zeitgeist right now is angry very angry at companies and corporations but at the same time it's becoming more empowered by like people coming out and speaking up against it like downvoting that reddit comment it it, that's a powerful move from a consumer coming out against a sexual abuser that's an that's a powerful moment so it's like we're angry and empowered right now and i feel like this episode might be one of the more zeitgeisty ones we've tackled because it it's the two things that are happening right now is people are taking people to task for their shit and people are coming out of anonymity people are becoming known yeah i feel like we're like with especially with the net neutrality votes coming up more and more and, and like people trying to repeal that we're not far off with shedding anonymity altogether which is probably we're probably more fault far out than i think but it just feels like it's closer and i mean shed that anonymity speak truth to power punch them punch up punch everybody and also fight to keep net neutrality please yes please do that yeah, I, I don't. You don't even need to understand it. Just know that it's a good thing. Yeah, as opposed to every other issue. What? I, look, just understand that we need it. I, we I can't need it, go. But also, if you read about it for five seconds, you will understand that we need it. Yeah, I, think of it. It's like cable companies trying to charge us for different channels. It, it, the same thing would happen. Oh, uh, I hate them. Yeah. So just 
We've never boiled down an issue to you don't need to know it, just know it's good. Hey, but we really care about it. Oh, but I feel, you know, we're, we're good. At, we're, this is crunch time. Crunch time is in. We don't have a lot of time left in the podcast. I feel. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, no. We're overtime. We're overtime. Well, yeah. So just, just no, just fight for net neutrality. Come on. Fight for net neutrality. Fight, fight your abusers. Fight your accusers. Yeah. Fight everyone. Everyone get in a pit and the anger pit. And fight. The ghost is powerful, and the ghost is angry. <laughs> oh god, the ghost is now a professional wrestler. Yes. Oh, uh, well, John? Oh. We covered the two topics I had, and we're we're at the end of the podcast, so I feel like we, de- we, we had a good day. Yeah, we've got to save all the topics I had for next time. Did you have a lot of topics? <laughs> I felt like you didn't have any, that's why I was so aggressive in this episode. I was abusing my power of having topics. We should do... Yeah, we should do plugs. Why don't you do them, John? I'm gonna burn up the rest of my voice doing these plugs. I'll help. Alright, so, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to us at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, send us a gmail, but please uh, do not send us death threats. You can send us your death threats on twitter.com at zcpcwhj and that stands for henry that stands for zubadoo that's right stands for zubadoo that's at zcpcwhj on twitter.com uh don't violate the terms of service uh you can find us on facebook by searching for zero credits podcast in the facebook server uh, where you can truly not be anonymous. Uh, we stream video games sometimes on twitch.tv slash zero credits. Maybe one day I'll figure out how to get those uh, video on demand things working. And tell your friends, word of mouth is the best way to hear about this podcast. And like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. And a quick shout out to James and Andy on the Facebook for interacting with our weekly question, What are you watching Wednesdays? Good job, James and Andy. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell them to interact, too. We want to know what people are watching so we can watch it, too. Yeah, watch it. Watch it, Zeitgeist. Watch that Zeitgeist. Watch the ghost grow. Watch the ghost grow. Just put it in water like one of those foam dinosaurs you had when you were a kid. Yeah, put the ghost in water and the ghost will grow. It's true. And... (laughs) And from everyone here at Zero Credit Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. And a goodbye. And a goodbye. 